0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Autodidacts Anonymous. My name's Matt and I'm an
1: autodidact. My name's Huddo and I too am an anonymous autodidact. Ah, good, uh, you're good anonymous, eh? Hey? I am anonymous, yes, but I'm about to... Uh... Are you sure you don't mean you're a, a mononous? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm about to get my fix for the week <laughs> <of> autodidactism. <laughs>
0: So today we're um, we're doing chapter eight in Harari's book *Sapiens*, and it is entitled "There is no justice in history." It's a good chapter, this one. A yeah, it fun. is a good chapter, um, and it's all about how society has inevitably created inequality between groups of people. So it's a little bit on the depressing side as well.
1: It is certainly shows some of the challenges for humanity. Mm.
0: So where we're actually so far is, is uh, to some degree we've answered the question: How do human beings organise themselves into mass cooperation networks when we lack the biological instincts necessary to sustain such networks? And the answer is, we create imagined orders and devise scripts mm-hmm. to allow us to do so. Okay. Um, now, that's great, but the downside is that. Um, For many humans, the appearance of these networks was a dubious blessing Mm -hmm. because the imagined orders weren't fair. Indeed not. Yes. Um, People were arranged into make-believe hierarchical groups and the upper levels were living the dream, Mm -hmm. enjoying privilege and power, and the lower levels uh, suffered from discrimination and oppression. And... um, We spoke about Hammurabi's Code a few episodes ago, and that was a a good example
1: of it being codified into the law. And we've currently got a whole bunch of protests going on around the world, from Black Lives Matter to whatever, showing that really not a lot has changed.
0: Yes, um, that's true. So it's, it's a fairly timely time to be talking about this stuff. So... Fairly obvious that Hammurabi's code was unequal, but even the imagined order established by the Americans in 1776 established a hierarchy, despite the fact that the heart of it was that... uh all men are created equal and we all have rights. Indeed. And um, note,
1: note that word, men.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's correct. So that, that's really one of the differences. So women were essentially marginalised. Uh, I think when they said men, they were talking about men. <laughs> they, were. <laughs> they weren't using men as a generic noun.
1: No one was suggesting that that meant women get the vote.
0: Yeah. Um, there are also distinctions between whites and the blacks and natives. Mm-hmm. Um, For example, as you pointed out a couple of times, many of the signatories to the Declaration of Independence were slaveholders. There were also distinctions between rich and poor. So wealth begets wealth. Mm -hmm. So wealth was transferred from rich parents to their children. Um, There was equality of the law, but not of overall life. Indeed. Uh, the benefits of wealth still accrued throughout the generations. The lower categories, e.g., women, blacks, natives, poor people, could not gain or exercise power. Indeed. So it's an iron law of history, uh, never been broken, that every fictional hierarchy cl- um, claims to be original and natural, um, which they're in. In fact, not.
1: (laughs) This uh, now this is troubling me because I can usually find an exception to anything, but I can't find one to that one. (laughs) Um,
0: So, for example, slavery was not considered to be a human invention. Um, It was, you know, brought down by the gods in Hammurabi's case, or it could be a product of the slavish nature of certain groups, which was something,
1: which was an idea that Aristotle pertain to. And we were still getting Hitler propounding something pretty similar not so long ago. Yes.
0: And um, when we're talking about rich and poor, um, there's an there's a, there's a idea out there in the zeitgeist that a lot of people believe that the rich have more money because they work harder mm-hmm. and they deserve to be rich. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, in reality, uh, these differences have been created by human humans, yeah, human laws and norms. Okay, um, and as you as you just mentioned, scholars actually know of no large
1: society that has dispensed with discrimination altogether. Indeed, and it is actually a hard thing to do. Justice is is a nice concept, but difficult to even describe theoretically mm. as to what an indiscriminate society might look like. Uh, but nevertheless, what we have always had hasn't come remotely close to it yeah yeah
0: survey an important function um because they allow complete strangers to know how to treat one another without having to go to the time and trouble of actually getting to know each other absolutely for example if i work in a in a car dealership and i have two people walk in one's a guy wearing a suit and uh you know happened to drive a porsche Yep. i noticed he was driving a porsche when he came in and he speaks very nicely and uh you he looks interested in buying a car, I am probably more inclined to gravitate towards him to make a sale than I am to the guy that walks in wearing a wife beater with tattoos uh, down his arms and swearing at me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it serves a function, not necessarily always correct, because the the second guy might be a billionaire for all I know.
1: Indeed, and he might be offering cash rather than. But. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Um, and a lot of things come into play there, so their age. So you're more likely to think that a 50-year-old has the money to buy a car than an 18-year-old. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's all sorts of ways that Absolutely. we judge each other. Yeah. So we end up in a vicious circle. Um, a couple of questions that sort of pop to mind. Just
1: just going back on it, I have a friend who's, who's wealthy and... Uh, he actually told me how insulted he once, was once when he walked into a Mercedes dealership and the guy started to show him the bottom of the line rather than top of the line. And it may or may not make some difference that he is, in fact, Korean, Chinese, Singaporean. Yeah, Chinese. that's interesting. It is, yeah.
0: Hmm, okay. Um, so, what accounts for differences in hierarchies uh, between societies? Um, a classy example of a traditionally unequal society is probably the Hindu society, the Indian society with their caste Mm -hmm. system. Um, Why did traditional Indian society classify people according to to caste? And why has American society classified people according to race? Indeed. Uh, So we're going to talk about that in a, in a a fair bit more detail now. So firstly, the hierarchy usually originated as a result by accident essentially, a set of accidental historical circumstances. And then due to this vicious circle it was perpetuated and refined over many generations, a, it was people began to develop a vested interest in, in the way things are. Yeah. Um, so with the Hindu caste system, it was actually developed by whites. So Caucasian people about 3,000 years ago came in and invaded India, essentially, um, and they subjugated the local population, which were darker, darker-skinned. Okay. Mm-hmm. A stratified society was established in which the invaders occupied the leading positions. Because the invaders were greatly outnumbered by the locals, they were scared yep. of losing their status and their power. So they came up with an ingenious solution. They divided the population into castes, which then determined people's occupations and futures and who they could marry and yep. and all sorts of things. Um, each caste had a different legal status, different privileges and duties. Uh, mixing of castes was prohibited. Yep. Um, they became an inherent part, not just of the law, but also of religious mytholo- mythology and practice. Yep. Um, So now the caste system reflects an eternal cosmic reality. Of course. (laughs) Um, Contact with members of a lower caste could contaminate not just you personally. So you weren't just appealing to the selfish motives of people, Mm -hmm. but it would contaminate society as a whole. Oh, that bad. So even if you were a a
1: good person that didn't even have your own interests at heart, you would still discriminate between people. And we still see, you know, so much of this is so similar to what we see coming down in the Old Testament too and even Jesus' parables about, you know, the um, the religious person passing by on the other side of the road and that sort of thing because he didn't want to become contaminated. You know? Yeah, it's The yes. story of the Good Samaritan. Yeah.
0: I mean, that was very, I mean, at the end of the day, those those stories are Bronze Age stories and that was the way yes, things were in the Bronze Age.
1: that's the way it was.
0: Yeah. Um, concepts of pollution and purity have been commonplace in social hierarchical models throughout history, as we've just yep. uh, mentioned. And in the case of India, these rules became deeply embedded in the culture long after the Aryan invasion was forgotten. Yes. Uh, it's just the way things are. Yes. That's you know, right. and, and the way they
1: ought to be. Absolutely. And the old story of know your place. Yeah. And uh, know your place and do not expect to ever rise above your place. Mm-hmm. And this still applies. It still has a lot of power,
0: this system, in modern India. Oh, Despite exactly. the attempt, attempts of modern-day liberal governments to try and change it, it's yeah. embedded. It's been there for thousands of years. Yeah. Um, so that's the Indian story. If we talk about the American story, um, how did we achieve purity in um, <laughs> So millions of African slaves, as you uh, as you know, were imported into the Americas between the 16th and the 18th century. And they happened to be imported from Africa rather than Europe or East Asia. They could have just as easily come from Europe and East Asia. Exactly. Um, the reason they came from Africa, there's three main reasons why they came from Africa. Firstly, Africa was closer and therefore cheaper. Yep. Secondly, and probably I think the main one is their... Already existed a well-developed slave trade in Af- in Africa, yep. so the Europeans didn't have to go in there and establish a, a, a trading system from scratch. They just piggybacked on what was already there. Yep. Um, the existing trade system was mainly exporting slaves to the Middle East because around that time the Middle Easterners loved their slaves
1: yes. <laughs> and they had plenty of European slaves and so forth. Like subsequently, they sent a lot to South America as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Slavery in Europe was actually very rare at this time. Mm. It wasn't a common thing, um, which I actually probably didn't, hadn't thought about before. I mean, I know, I know Europe's had plenty of slavery over the journey, but around this time, when the Americas were getting slaves, it wasn't, wasn't big in Europe. Mm. Um, the third reason why Africans were used was because tr- tropical diseases such as malaria and yellow fever were rife in the Americas. They also mm. happened to... Be Af- or not African diseases, but the African population had developed a, a herd immunity to these yes. um, to these diseases, so they wouldn't drop dead. When the when the Spanish first went to the Americas, they tried to enslave the the local population, but they were just dying. Yes, and you know, you know, they were dying of of diseases
1: and and overwork. We're, we're talking tropics and tropical diseases which didn't work very well for Europeans who tend to live above the tropics. So so here we have an
0: example of genetic superiority. Yes. Because you're immune to more diseases, translating to social inferiority. That's remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, so there was built a ruling class of white Europeans and a subjugated caste of black Africans. Um, it was an economic imperative. Yes. But... So it was done for economic reasons, essentially. Yeah. But then all of these other religious and scientific myths were built up
1: to, to justify.
0: justify. So there's, a, there's always a difference between the reason something happens and the justification for why it happens.
1: Well, yes.
0: So I don't believe that the um, Americans invaded Iraq because of weapons of mass destruction. But well, that was certainly the, the justification that they used. What so, their reason yeah. was is probably still open to debate.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> um, so in the case of slavery in America, biblical passages were used to justify slavery. Oh, they so if you're used- a good Christian man, you can
1: have a slave. Oh, look, they're, they're so useful, biblical passages. You can <laughs> always find one that suits.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, biologists argued that blacks were less intelligent and morally upright than whites. Oh,
1: well, that would have to follow, of course. Yeah, now,
0: there's no evidence for that, but no. uh, <laughs> you can evidence? certainly doctor, yeah, cook the books on that if you want to. Oh, I'm, I'm sure
1: we can find some if we have to. We'll make yeah. some up.
0: <laughs> and uh, the medical people argued that blacks spread diseases and are a source of pollution. Well, so absolutely. essentially they're unclean.
1: Uncontamination,
0: absolutely. Mm, yeah. So these myths persisted for a long time. Yeah. You could argue... I mean, this was a part of the book that I found a bit upsetting because these myths, you could argue, pertain, have persisted till this very oh, day, yes, yes. and that's what a lot of the protests in in the United States, as we speak, uh, are happening.
1: Yes. Uh, over. Look, Hamari's is an historian, and he's doing his usual wonderful thing of picking really good examples to make his points. Yeah. And there's just nothing to argue against here in what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. So. Even after
0: slavery was eventually abolished, um, separation of the races was maintained by legislation and social custom. Yeah. Uh, blacks in America were considered to be less intelligent, more violent, more sexually indulgent, lazier and less clean than whites.
1: Yeah. Uh, even the blacks, even many blacks believe this. Yes, that's the other part of the tragedy, of course, as is also with the caste system in India yep. and so many other places around the world. Yep. I mean, the whole point of feudalism, you know, know your place, is that everybody must accept it. Yes. And anyone who doesn't is uppity, is out of order, and needs to be brought back into line. And once an idea is in the zeitgeist,
0: it's almost impossible to change.
1: Yeah.
0: Once you are raised with a certain
1: belief, pretty hard to change that. And I've encountered that in my own life. If unless you're getting encouragement to be a free thinker, and you know the whole point of feudal caste-based societies, etc., is not to encourage that sort of free thinking. The first crack in the dike is when you is the even the idea that it can be changed or challenged.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where everybody's a free thinker. I think what we need to do in cases like this is we need to change the zeitgeist. Yes. And uh, that's difficult to do. We've spoke about how that happens in, in previous podcasts.
1: Well, I, I do think that we perhaps need to make the point that this is this is not self-evident or God-ordained or whatever. This is, in fact, something that can be challenged. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that all people are equipped for critical analysis. No. Um,
0: and, and more so than it even being able to be challenged. I mean, it's clearly wrong.
1: Yes. Yeah. One of the problems we have these days, though, so, is the pendulum in some places has swung too far, and many people now think that everything is just a matter of opinion and the facts don't matter. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't muddy the waters with that stuff, yet, Huddo. We will. We'll get
0: into that. So in Alabama in 1895, if by some miracle a black person managed to receive a good education which of course he wouldn't, but he let's assume that he was able to do that. Uh, and he applies for a job as a bank teller. Uh, he wasn't going to get it. No. Because of racism, essentially yes. the stuff that we're talking about, you know, like a, a white candidate would, have, would yep. have, um, would have taken it over him. Um, since all the best jobs were held by whites, this vicious, the vicious circle that we're talking about became more entrenched. Absolutely. Uh, And it became easier to believe the myths. Yes. So many whites argued that even though blacks had been free for generations, they still weren't doing very much. They still weren't being very successful. There there weren't many, there were almost no black professors, lawyers, doctors, or bake tellers.
1: Absolutely, let alone presidents of the United States. So that proves the point, doesn't it? Yes.
0: So what we have here, Hutto, is a self fulfilling prophecy. Yep. In the South, uh, Jim Crow laws were established whereby blacks were forbidden to vote, they were forbidden to study in white schools, they weren't allowed to shop in white stores, they couldn't eat in white restaurants, couldn't sleep in white hotels. Yep. Uh, whites needed to be protected.
1: Yes. From them. And I heard all this thing in South Africa, apartheid, etc. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the States wasn't really any different. No.
0: And uh, we're Australian and we had a white Australia policy up until, you know, the early 70s, I think it was, or the late yep. 60s. And so we were guilty as charged. Yes. Um, by the mid-20th century, segregation was probably worse than it had been
1: in the late 19th century. I didn't realise that. That's, that's the thing. The more, the more tenuous the foundations, the more stringently they are enforced. Yes.
0: And the more ingrained they can become yes. over, over time. Um, for example, sexual relations between black men and white women was considered extremely taboo mm-hmm. and would often result in lynching yep. of the black man by organisations or groups such as the Ku Klux Klan. Mm. Um, another example is that beauty standards were based on the image of whites. So it was hard to be a beautiful black woman, for example, Yes, you didn't you didn't look like a white person. That's
1: right, yes. Um
0: I saw I saw an image online um last week of a school book from India. And you know, for kids that were around five, six years old, right? And they had pictures of things of opposites. So they had, you know, a picture of something hot, picture of something cold, pictures picture of, you know, uh up and down, this sort of thing. And then they had a picture of um beautiful and ugly. Yeah. And the beautiful picture was a fair-skinned woman. Yes.
1: And ugly was a dark-skinned woman. Yes. And appalling. My look, my my oldest nephew is wrestling with this right now. He's white, fair-skinned, blonde-haired. His wife is uh, a beautiful Chinese lady. Yep. And their offspring are a mix and absolutely two girls, really, really beautiful. And yet they, the girls, still tend to see white girls is more beautiful and they're trying to become more like them. Yeah. And it drives them up the wall. Yes. In India, it's very much like it. If you look at these
0: beautiful Bollywood actresses, they're not dark-skinned actresses.
1: That's that's right.
0: uh, The light of the skin, that's a beauty standard. That's
1: right. And uh, your African-American girls in the US, they're straightening their hair and trying to get lighter skin and so on too. Yeah.
0: I mean, the things are slowly changing. Yeah. But unfortunately with these things, I mean, you know, it just takes so long, and it's just based on bullshit to begin with. You know, it's, it's, yes. it's just such a shame. Yes, um, Well, more than a shame, a tragedy is probably a better word. Um, so, unjust discrimination becomes worse, not better, with time. Um, privilege begets privilege. Yes. Money begets money, and yes. injustice begets injustice. Yes. Um, none of this is, is
1: real. None of it's grounded in biological reality. And none of it's grounded in God either. Well, <laughs> that's another topic. <laughs> well, whether God exists or doesn't, it, it doesn't come from God.
0: And they are nothing but the per- per- perpetuation of chance events supported by surrounding myths. These uh, yes, these discriminative inequalities.
1: Well, I think they're also tied in with some of our innate biases. But yes, a lot of our biases are actually educated biases. Yeah. So our discernment of what is beautiful is swayed by what we've been talking about. Yeah. But we also have some natural standards as to what we consider beautiful, certain symmetry of face and things like that. Mm, okay.
0: So that's, that's an example of how skin colour, I suppose, can beget inequality. Now let's get into the, the, the extremely easy and simple topic of gender uh, gender politics. Oh, we
1: can't get into any trouble here.
0: <laughs> A couple of white males <laughs> sitting here pontificating about discrimination. <laughs> yep. Okay, so the interesting thing about racial division is that they haven't been universal. So in the Middle East, there was no distinction between black, dark-skinned people and, and light-skinned people. Okay, right. it's not universal. Uh, whereas in America there was um, now, there has been one difference that has been universal, and this is really interesting um, and that 's the gender divide yes um, and that 's what we 're going to talk about in a lot more detail now. so this hierarchy has been of supreme importance in all known in all known human societies. Um, men and women have been divided into separate hierarchies, and the men
1: have invariably been Higher up, yes. Um, once again, it's not quite that simple, but we'll come to that later. <laughs>
0: um, so, since the agricultural revolution, men have had the better end of the deal. Yes. Okay. Um, for example, women in a lot of societies were basically were 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 literally the property of men, whether mm. it be their father, their husband, or their brother. Yes. Um. So that that then follow, it follows on from that that rape in many legal systems fell under the category of property violation. Yep. Yeah. So the victim's not the woman who's raped, but the male who owns the woman.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um and the remedy was often the transfer of ownership. So if if a woman was raped and caught, if but you know, and the and the man who raped her was, you know, found guilty. He had to pay the owner of the woman, upon which she then became the rapist's property. Yeah. So, if you're a woman and some guy rapes you, and he gets caught, you then have to marry him, essentially.
1: Yes. <clears throat>
0: um. And this is in the Bible. It is uh, in Deuteronomy 22, verses 28, 29.
1: Yeah. It's also um. It's been enforced. Quite recently, even in the United States. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and it, it also has come under the cover of providing for the woman.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it also implies that if a husband rapes his wife, then he hasn't raped his wife. No, he's he's no. committed no crime.
1: She's Fe- his property.
0: Yeah, so the whole concept was an oxymoron similar to... It, it was as logical as sealing your own wallet. Yeah. Um, this is still the case in 53 countries in, in around the world in 2006. Indeed. And in mm-hmm. many liberal democracies, these laws were changed, you know, in the 90s. Yeah. You know, in very recent times, and in 53 countries, they haven't yeah. been changed as of 2006. And that's countries of the world. Mm-hmm. So, there's no doubt that men and women have biological differences. Um. But how how can we distinguish between differences which are biologically determined, which are reality
1: yeah.
0: and and the ones that the differences that have been determined via biological myths, ah. which aren't reality. Ah. Okay. So the rule of thumb that Harari suggests is that biology enables and culture forbids. And and the classic example of this is homosexuality. So our concepts of natural and, and unnatural are not taken from biology but from Christian theology.
1: Yes. I'm just thinking about it. It's, it's a very interesting rule because obviously culture cannot enable, um, you know, men can lift more than women on average by and large. That's a biological fact. Yes. You can't culturally say women can lift more than men. That's not going to happen. But you can culturally Oops. restrict what people are. And about you, I
0: can't. I can't say you're culturally enabled to spread wings and fly. Now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, an example. The example Harari sort of makes, which I think is a good one, is he says that we use organs for what they weren't originally biologically intended for all the time. Yes. And it's fine. And he uses the example of the mouth. So apparently the mouth first sort of appeared about 800 million years ago in some worm-like creature as a way of um, absorbing Mm. food. Yeah. Um, But we use our mouths... You and I use our mouths for plenty more reasons than that. Yes. Like we we speak. We do. As we're doing now. We kiss, which, you know, because we're such ladies' men, we're we're always kissing the ladies, you and me, (laughs) hello. And... Whistling, for example. Yes. Now, I don't see any Bible verses or I don't see anyone giving me a hard time if I whistle. Uh, So, are any of these uses unnatural?
1: Very good question. And I would have to say not that I can see. Well,
0: you know, I I don't think it's that good a question. I think it's a very simple question. I think the answer is (laughs) no.
1: Well, I mean, it depends what you mean by natural. Is, Is whistling natural? I would have thought, yes, whistling is
0: pretty natural. Is speaking natural?
1: Well... Yes. Yes.
0: So the same type of multitasking can be applied to our sexual organs and behaviour. Yes. Okay. It's difficult to argue then that the natural function of women is to give birth. Okay. Like that is one natural function of their sexual yes. organs. Yes. But it's been used to say, hi, oh, well, that's what they're naturally meant for, so you can't be promiscuous. Yes. For example. It's also difficult to argue that homosexuality is unnatural as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's another way of using your
1: organs, if you like. Absolutely, and we are the adaptive creature. Mm. We are curious, we are adaptive, we try anything and see if it fits. Yep. So,
0: this, I've I got a fair bit of insight from what we're about to talk about, and that, that's where Harari draws a distinction between sex and gender, which is something I've never understood really, but right. I feel
1: like I understand it now. Oh, that's
0: good. So male and female are biological terms. Yes. And hard to argue with. Yes. Um, but man and woman are social categories. Yes. And I, I've had a little bit of trouble understanding the trans movement because I've always thought, well, if you're a man, you're a man. Yeah. But I was failing to make distinction between being male and being a man. Yes. And in some cases, people can be born male, if you like, but really they're culturally a woman. Yes. You know, they see themselves as a woman and they want other yes. people to see them as a woman. And I, I feel like I understand that much more clearly after
1: reading this chapter. One, of, That's good. Um, and I'll talk about Eve Seed in a bit, but uh, I, I got from that the difference is... The difference between sex and gender is, is very important. It's very real. And um, those who want to argue a particular interpretation of gender often deliberately confuse it with sex. Yes. Um, well, and also, undeliberately it happens as well. Some people don't understand the distinction. Yes, yes. Now, one of the interesting things I was talking about, you, you raised the question... It always makes men better off. There's actually a tribe in um, in Africa where if they got too many male babies, they decided that some of them would be female and they were raised and brought up entirely as females right. and accepted their role as, you know, we're females, we do the female thing, yes. et cetera, et cetera, and nurse the babies and everything else. Um, and then you would still say, yes, the males have got the better position here. They have, but those males have now been allocated as being females. It's a gender thing. Also,
0: the Thai culture has traditionally been more gender fluid as well. Interesting. Yes. Good point. Yeah. Um, so male and female are biological terms. Men and women are social categories. A man a man is not a male sapiens with an XY chromosome, testicles and lots of testosterone. That's a male. That's, that's the yeah. definition of a male, not the definition of a man. Rather, he fits into a particular slot in his society's imagined order that's, that's really what a, what a man what a man is. Does that make sense, or shall I or yeah I, I mean, have we
1: got have we got man and have we got men, and have we got our gender and our sexual terms mixed up? No there? no no okay that's good. I think me. you
0: may have <laughs> so a male. A male is a male sapiens with an XY chromosome testicle testicles and loss of testosterone. And a man is someone who fits into a particular slot in his society's human yep. and man's order. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, he's assigned masculine roles such as engaging traditionally, such as engaging in politics, voting rights
1: yes. and military duties.
0: Yes. Similarly, a woman is not a sapiens with, double X chromosomes, a womb, and plenty of estrogen. That's a female. Yes. Rather, a woman is a female member of an imagined human order. Yep. She's assigned unique feminine roles, such as raising children, being protected against violence, having the door open for her, and obedience duties. Since these roles are defined by myths their meanings have varied greatly between one society and another, and we just gave a couple of examples of that. Yes. A good example of an African tribe that uh, defined it differently than what we tend to have. Um, So we can differentiate between the biological term sex and the cultural term gender.
1: Yes. And um, I found that uh, eye-opening, that little piece. Right. And once again, Harari has taken a hugely complex issue and has boiled it down yeah. so nicely that even Matt, even I can understand it. it. <laughs> well, it's so timely because I've been thinking about
0: these issues because the whole trans movement is has come to the fore in the last two or three years. Yes, and I've been struggling a bit to understand right. it. I haven't been judging it and saying, "Oh, you know, this is ridiculous." But I've been like, "I don't. What's going on here? I don't understand." Right. Wait. So, what's so good about men? Hello. Um, at least since the agricultural revolution, most societies have been patriarchal societies. Um, he said most, but I, I'd be inclined to say all, but anyway.
1: There, were, there have been very rare exceptions, very much the exceptions to prove the rule.
0: Okay. So men are valued more than women. Uh, men are educated to think and act in a masculine way, and women are educated to think and act in a feminine way. Uh, the, 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 the little boy gets his toy truck to play with and yep. the little girl gets her doll to play with. Um, fewer resources are invested in the health and education of women. Uh, they have fewer economic opportunities, less political power and less freedom of movement. Yeah. Um, except Some exceptional women have managed to transcend to the alpha position mm-hmm. and... Elizabeth the First is is a is a really good example of, yes. of someone who's been able to do that. Although, admittedly, her birth had something to do
1: with it. Well, yes. <laughs> um, I think in the case of Elizabeth, reaching the alpha position was a fluke, but the fact that she managed to stay on it at a very considerable price to herself mm. um, is indicative. I mean, this I am filled with I am very impressed with Elizabeth the First. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: and she was surrounded by men in every other position of power in the country. Absolutely. And she basically almost became a man to be able to do it. She That's projected correct. very masculine characteristics.
1: Didn't get married. Didn't have yeah.
0: children. And uh,
1: because the moment she did, she would lose her her alpha position. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I understand that better now too. Actually, I'm really uh, you
0: know this is a good book. It's helped me understand life. Um, since patriarchy has been almost universal, so. For example, there were patriarchal societies in the Americas that had nothing to do with the fact that there were patriarchal societies in, in Afro-Eurasia because yes. there was no contact between the two societies. So why is there this universal um, patriarchy?
1: Yes, it's um, a
0: good question that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Um, and, th- and that's where this, this gender hierarchy has been different to other hierarchies such as the racial one developed yes. in America so there's there's three main theories as as to why manhood has been almost almost universally valued over womanhood um The short answer is we probably don't know, but he here's a few theories okay, okay? and I'd love to know the answer to this because okay. you know i was I was I was ashamed to, not ashamed, I was disappointed to read that we don't know because I want to know. <laughs> uh,
1: no, Harari said that we don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, good point, yeah. Good point. Keep going. Yeah, so you, you, it sounds like you know how So I'm looking forward to no, getting No,
1: no, but what I am saying is that Harari is being smart. He is not, if you like, setting himself and entering into this debate by saying this is the answer because he could be attacked and he decided he didn't go. Okay. No, right. well, fair enough. Okay, so you yeah. know more about this so, Well, yeah, I'm, I'm also saying he's probably smarter than I am because I'm going to enter into <laughs> <it.
0: laughs> um, The first theory is that men were stronger than women, and this is the one that I I thought, Yeah, you know, this is what I thought, well, well, you know, we're stronger so we can get our own way. Yeah. Uh, we can force women into submission. Um, the other point there being there, that because we, we were the guys, we were the ones doing most of the manual labour... So, in an agricultural society, we were providing most of the food. Yep. So, that gave us more political clout. Yeah. Uh, there are a few problems with this argument. There are. <laughs> uh, men are only stronger on average, and they only have certain types of strength that they're yes. stronger in. Yep. So, women are more resistant to hunger, disease, and fatigue. Yes. They tend to be more resilient. Yeah. Um, and also, you yeah, also have plenty of strong women that are stronger and faster yeah, than many
1: men. absolutely.
0: Uh, secondly... Women have often been precluded from jobs that don't require any physical strength.
1: Yeah, it's funny, that one.
0: Yeah, such as the priesthood, law, politics. And they often had to do a lot of hard manual (laughs) labour instead. Yep. uh, In the fields, crafts and the household. And the other objection to this rule is that uh, there's no direct relationship between physical strength and social power among humans. So... People in their 60s are usually more powerful, socially powerful than people in their 20s, Yes. even though they couldn't beat them in a fight.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, yeah, and, and often you'll find the lower classes are often stronger yep. than the higher classes because they're the ones doing the manual labour. Yep. But they're still the lower class. So, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: So this theory, I might have been wrong on my muscle power theory. Um, the the second theory is that men are the scum of society. So that's a, that's a strong way of saying that men... The masculine dominance results from aggression right. rather than strength. So, um, men are more willing to engage in in raw physical violence than than, than yeah. women are. Uh, for example, warfare has been a masculine activity throughout history. Yep, yeah. uh, men's control of the men's control of the armed forces has made them the masters of civilian society too, mm-hmm. because they have the, the power, if mm-hmm. you like. Mm-hmm. Then they use that power <laughs> to fight more wars <laughs> and take and, and subsequently take even greater control of society and they create a, a feedback loop.
1: Yep, it sounds very plausible, doesn't it?
0: Which and it also explains the ubiquity of war as well as the ubiquity Indeed. of patriarchy. And so it's
1: it's a it's a tempting theory from that point of and view. And you look at any school program playground and you know there's the boys doing rough and tumble and the girls chatting over in the corner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe. The problem with the
0: theory is that just because men fought the wars doesn't necessarily follow that they should enjoy the majority of the benefits of the war. Mm. Um, why can't a male military be controlled by a female governing class? You don't necessarily want an aggressive brute making the strategic decisions. And, Indeed. And I, I think a great example of that is Augustus, who was the, em- the Roman Emperor Augustus, who was probably the greatest Roman Emperor. And he was... He didn't have a military background and he was... Yeah, you know, quite militarily incompetent. Indeed, great um, politician.
1: Exactly. Politics and war, one may be an extension of the other, but that's not to say politics is about being a great general.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you, I mean, because if you've got the power, you can you can hire great generals to do yes, that stuff for you.
1: Yes. Yes. And so many wars have been fought with mercenaries. It's not funny. Mm. Um, the
0: third reason, well, the third argument as to why men might have uh, achieved dominance over women is the, the genetic argument. So men and women have evolved different survival and reproduction strategies. Um, as men competed against each other for the fertile women, your ability to reproduce depended on your ability to defeat other men. Right, yes. Uh, the masculine genes passed on were more ambitious, aggressive and competitive. Yeah. The other side of the coin is that women had no problem finding a man willing to impregnate her. But she did need help during the long, arduous years of pregnancy and child rearing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. this argument assumes that, okay, she needed a man to look after her. She had to agree to whatever conditions the man stipulated to ensure that he would stick around. Mm -hmm. The feminine genes passed on were more submissive and caretaking. Mm -hmm. And women who spent their time fighting for power did not leave enough time to have children. Right. Okay. So that's the argument. The, the problem with the argument is there's no evidence for it. Um, were women necessarily dependent on men for their caretaking or was it really other women that uh, that took care of them? There were <coughs> options. In many cases there were options. Yeah. Did competitiveness did competitiveness necessarily make men more socially dominant? So in other mammals this is not necessarily the case. Indeed. So, um, in the example of bonobos and elephants, yep. the same conditions have resulted in matriarchal societies. Yep. Um Females have better developed social skills. Yes. Because they need more help looking after their young. Yes. And um. because they're better politicians, because they're better social skills, they rule the roost. Well, and and the, the the males are male elephants, for example, often tend to be antisocial and they can be shunned by the by the group, yep. by the herd. Um, and in the case of bonobos, female... So a male could generally beat a female in a one-on-one fight, but you get the females going up on the male. Yeah. And so the males are kept in line that way if yes. they overstep their limits. Yes. Yeah. Is there something you wanted to say? About no, that no, no.
1: I agree okay. with all that.
0: Okay. So, of late... Gender roles have been revolutionised in many parts of the world mm-hmm. in the last century or so. So women have the vote and they can enter the workforce and, and have more freedom of choice. Um, and there's been no apparent detriment to society. Indeed. So what accounts for the universally, universality and stability of patriarchal societies society throughout history? And I think you might think you know the answer, Hutto. So I'm really curious to hear what, you, what your thoughts
1: are. Well, a couple of things. One is <clears throat> I really like... The way Harari's mind works, the way he tackled this—you know—he took three of the standard theories which have been offered and shows that they're inadequate to really explain the issue. And I I like that. I'm always—you know—someone says something that sounds plausible. I'm always immediately looking for the exceptions to that. And sometimes the exceptions do support the rule, but in many cases, you look at the exceptions and say. Uh-uh, that just shows that desirable. The not make sense. yeah. yeah. And uh, Harari has done this beautifully here, so uh, I would have to say that, yes, none of those three theories is an adequate explanation. Yep. Um, now, what is interesting is back in 2001, um, noted American historian and writer Robert S. McElvain wrote a book called The Seed, biology, the sexes, and the course of history. So that's back in 2001, he referred to it as a biohistory. And there's absolutely no way that someone like Harari would not have been 100% aware of a work like that. Okay. Um, And he didn't mention it. (laughs) It's it's interesting. uh, um, Now, what uh, Mattel McElvain was saying, right, um, is that... It's about the insecurity of men. It goes back to what Harari was saying about we became alpha predators very late in the game. Yeah,
0: yeah you you mentioned the insecurity of males in a in a very very early podcast as a driver of history. So yes, it th- th- sounds like yes. yeah, this is starting to tie together.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Earlier on Chapter Two, I think it was Harari was talking about how we only became alpha predators. we, we arrived in Australia, yeah, and we were immediately the alpha predator of Australia, yeah, yeah. Um, but we hadn 't had time to grow into this idea that we are the alphabet it wasn 't there in our evolutionary genes yes it 's something we achieved through this um, this mythological ability that we have yeah. Um, and also, in large part, it's not about the individual being an alpha predator. As a group, yes. human beings are an alpha predator. Agreed. Um, there are individuals, you know, Ash- Ashanti and others, where you had to, you know, you had to be a lion killer or something like that and prove your worth as a, as a warrior. But generally, our status derives from group power. Mm. So. Now, for the female in society, her role is always clear. She can bear children. Yeah. And that immediately gives her a valuable and indispensable role in the community. Yes. For a guy, it's not that easy.
0: In a sense, a male has to earn it.
1: Correct. There's two main roles a guy can do. One is protection and the other is provision. Yeah. So hunting and protection of the community, tribe, whatever, yeah, that's fine, provided... The other males accept you as an alpha male. In other words, when you're out there facing two or three lions or something, you want to know that the guy on your left and the guy on your right is going to be there for you with his spear after you've thrown yours and missed or something. So, you know, there's a bonding warlike thing here. Yeah. Is this guy good enough to be my wingman? Because I don't want somebody as my wingman who isn't. So this role of... Being out the front as the alpha. Defender. And women
0: are almost invariably good enough. Yeah, out of the box. Correct. And, but, and men, not necessarily.
1: Correct. You know, a woman, good point. A woman can, by and large, bear children. Yeah. Um, men, it's about a question of quality. It's about getting the other guys to accept that you're good enough to be recognised as one of the men. Mm. And for everyone, there's a risk. You know, I am the alpha man, I'm the chief's favourite, I'm, you know, number three in the group. And then I got that done. I'm wound. liking this theory. I got this wound from the leopard, and now I'm has been. I can't run anymore.
0: Yeah. And suddenly
1: my status has gone, you know, I'm one of the dependents of the tribe, and everything else yeah. is bad news. So for men, life is an issue of proving yourself and insecurity.
0: Yes. And uh, 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 yeah, sorry, I'll. No, I'll yeah, carry on. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was really just interrupting you, but. Uh, And you can see how that would develop competitive instincts in men that the women don't need to develop as strongly. Correct.
1: We are by nature somewhat aggressive. We are by nature somewhat competitive. Um, But yes, we've also got this massive insecurity thing. And this not only causes us to want to prove ourselves, constantly try and prove ourselves, but also it causes us to want to put competitors down. Mm. And that includes women. Yes. Because they've got this without this trouble. They've got this power over us. Women can, as he says, always get impregnated by some guy. We have the problem that we have to prove ourselves to get the chance to impregnate someone. Yeah, um, and it results in a nasty, vicious side of human beings, mm. um, which says nothing complimentary to males. Now, Eve Seed leaves some questions open. There's an interesting thing. There is one stage in human societies where women are valued more than men. Um, now, if you we looked at Hanabu Hanabu's. Hammurabi. Hammurabi's coat the other day. And you know, once again, you had to think that uh, women were valued less than men in, in that. And this is typical around the world, yes. But there's one stage in development where women tend to be valued more than men. And that is in the early stages of agriculture, when women are doing nurturing role in nurseries, raising small seeds and stuff like that, and then they're out there gathering crops like rice and things like this. And in those societies, the women are actually contributing more in terms of calorific value and provision to the community Mm. than the men are. Mm. It's a very bad time for the men, but we've actually seen a couple of codes and there was a native Indian tribe, I believe, that was going through that stage when European settlers first got over and met them, um, where the women were valued more than the men. Mm.
0: So, so, you know, the common, the common thesis is that this inequality between the, between the genders has happened since the agricultural revolution, before that life was a lot more
1: equal. Correct. The agricultural revolution really tripped itself because at that stage you also had the point where if a man had enough farms, produce, resources coming in from his agriculture, then he could make more children. If he had more women... Yeah, and so suddenly you got a much more polygamous yeah. possibility thing going on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I I like I like that theory. It's good. Okay. Um, now, one of the reasons I suspect Harari left it out of here is it don't say much for men.
0: Yeah, and also some men might they might rub them up the wrong yes. way to read that. Yes,
1: exactly. Um, yes. in Eve seed has not been universally accepted by men. <laughs> And Harari, I think, did not want to buy into by
0: Thereby that. proving the rule.
1: <laughs> I fear me so. Yeah.
0: yeah, okay. Well, thank you for that. Um, so that actually gets us to the end of the chapter, Haro, unless you wanted to say something no, in summary. No, that's fine. Or are you eager to get to your unanswerable questions? Yes, this, which...
1: is, this is my challenge.
0: <laughs> All right, so let's begin. So my first question to you, Haro, is are you glad to be a white heterosexual male?
1: Right, yes, this is a great question.
0: Or should it? I call you a man as opposed to a male? A um, white heterosexual man, I should
1: say. Well, happily, in my case, they are both the same. Yeah,
0: and in most, in the, in the vast majority
1: of cases, they are. Yeah. Um, the first answer I have to give, of course, is I don't know what it's like to be anything else. Yeah. And I'm absolutely not equipped to be anything else. And so. that's why
0: we're allowed to pontificate about these issues, Hutto. Yeah. You know, we know everything about what it's like to be discriminated against.
1: <laughs> well, there are, a couple of things I do need to make. First of all, I'm absolutely glad that I am an Anglo-Saxon speaking white Protestant male or whatever I am. Wasp. (coughs) Wasp. Um, Because it's taken me a lifetime to learn this darn language. I'm very glad it's becoming the lingua franca of the world because I've got no chance of mastering any other language to the same degree. Um, But as to being a white male, a white, to, in, a white straight male, in fact. A white straight male. With, I, you also have to remember that I've lived in the time when taking power away from white males has been probably the defining characteristic of the age. Yep. Um, we've seen it in things like um, South Africa and apartheid. I was born in Nigeria, you know, a colony of the British Empire. Yes. Which proceeded to progressively fall apart Um, I've I have encountered problems with um, discrimination in favour of females for promotion and things like that and on almost every level what it was to be a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant wasp male English speaker back in the 1900s 1930s yep. is less than it is now Yep. almost every other portion of society has moved up in comparison including being a female mm. um, so yes I'm probably still a member of the privileged class but the story of my life has been to see everybody pulling me a gradual
0: out. lessening of your power if exactly you will
1: so. now, I, I obviously have no idea what it's like to be um, to not be a white male and the natural advantages or the unnatural advantages that supposedly go with that. But nevertheless, even as such, I have been a target that is discriminated against because I'm a white male.
0: It's interesting that your mind went straight to that. Um, so I, I would say that, that if guys like you and I are, have less power, if you will, in society, it's probably just more an evening up of, of the scales, and I'm not, it's not something that I'm concerned about.
1: I, I look, I'm not suggesting otherwise, um, but I am, for instance, suggesting when Jesus said that amongst you there shall be no divorce, he would never have considered the possibility of the women divorcing the men. But in fact, that has been the story of my life. <laughs> um, she, she left. You're just constantly
0: getting divorced. Yeah,
1: well, no, but you know, she, she took the stuff and most of the wealth and stuff like this. Um, now, we can argue about what's fair and what's not fair, but that's, that's how it went. Um, I'm trying. I'm
0: trying to. I'm trying to sort of read between the lines of your answer. Are you saying that you don't feel like you have any privilege by being a white straight No, I'm, I'm
1: definitely not saying that. Um, people are saying that you know it's so much. Worse
0: but you're, be. But because you're. But you're more aware of your situation and the fact that you're losing power. That's the. That's you know, In a sense, the first thing that comes uh, to your mind. No,
1: what I'm saying is simply, I only know about being a white heterosexual male. Yeah. Um. But yes. One of the things I'm aware of is that white heterosexual males have almost been the hunted ones during my lifetime. Um, It is from us that all is taken, which means that we obviously had a lot born into a lot. Mm. And the story of my life has been to see the diminishment of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. Um, To me, it's an interesting... It's just one side of yes, probably the that's, answer. That's because good... my answer to, are you glad to be a white heterosexual male, would be undoubtedly yes. Right. Um, and I think you need to suffer from discrimination to have any idea yes. how bad it probably is. I, I think
1: that's probably right. Now, we're also living in a time when we're seeing women get some more power. We're also seeing Chinese, for example, get some more power. We've lived to an age when the Japanese moved up significantly. Yeah. Obviously, I'm comfortable with what I am because I'm not equipped to be anything else. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm aware that others are in the ascendancy. I, white males, ageing wallows seem to be on the downhill slope.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm aware that I've never been discriminated against in my entire life. Right. Right. Uh, I've been judged on my merits my whole life right and i've come up sadly short on a number of occasions but that's not due to any systemic bias that's that's on me right Um, and uh you know i mean that's a that's a blessed blessed way to to exist really
1: um i possibly the most turbulent time of my life the first friend i ever had was a, a little black lad called peter in ghana um the greatest difficulty I had when I was transferred to a boarding school in England at age eight and that was the first time I found myself in an all-white society mm. and it was a very uncomfortable time for me because I had no idea how to fit in there or relate or anything like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: and that, So I imagine if you'd been a, a little black boy from Ghana going to that boarding school, yeah. you know, it would have been times 100, I imagine. The yeah, difficulty.
1: yeah, I mean... You know, the, I had never been somewhere where there were no black children around. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, uh, my next question for you, hello, is do we have a, and it's a
1: local issue, do we have a race problem in Australia? Um, well, all the surveys and recent documentaries clearly say that we do, um, and I have no reason to dispute them. They, they make that case very strongly. I do think we've got a... Bit of a difference in our race problem compared with the USA, which obviously has a similar one. Yes, Australian Aborigines happen to be black, and all the issues of you know what constitutes beautiful and so on go on with it. Yeah. but we never kept them as slaves in Australia. Mm. So, to many, in many ways, our attitude to them has too much in common with the American attitude to their Native American Indians, rather than to their Native American. Um, Africans. yeah if, if you're talking about
0: hierarchy though i think um our indigenous australians have been on the lower ends of the hierarchy no. and that manifests in in, in very similar ways no, i mean no i fact. agree it's for different reasons but i also think that as australians settled settled by europeans in mostly the 19th century um this racism was out there in the zeitgeist at, at that time yes. so i imagine that uh the, the white Europeans that came to Australia were um, implicitly racist. Yes. Um, and that's, you yeah, know, filtered down perhaps yes. through, through our culture. Um, I think one of the – I don't think I, – I believe that there is a systemic racism in Australia. I don't think it manifests – I don't think we're, we're too bad, but then I, I guess I would say that in a sense because right. I'm not a victim of it. Um, but my insight into my own implicit biases against, you know, Indigenous Australians was the fact that when I was about, I was probably about 28, and it came to light in my family that we had Indigenous ancestors. Right. And my, my attitude towards our Indigenous brethren was exactly that. It changed overnight. I was like, oh, my God, these guys are my cousins. I, I, was, I was actually pleased to hear it, too, right. to my credit.
1: Right.
0: I, I was like, oh, that's cool. And, but my attitude to the Indigenous just changed. They went from being the other to being me and, and, and you know, right. just the same as everybody else. And, and I don't think I was a particularly biased racist person, right? right. But I still had it in me. Right. And, and that's what I think most Australians are like.
1: Right. Now, again, I came to this country when I was on the verge of being an adult anyway, and I had no previous members of my family here, so while the history of Australia's treatment of aboriginals is unquestionably appalling, I, I didn't come with any burden of feeling I had a responsibility connected with that. No. Um, to me, I just came to Australia, and they were all strange people, whether they were white, aboriginal, Italian, Vietnamese, or whatever.
0: So you're not aware of any implicit bias within yourself that I'm mentioning that I became aware that I had. Uh,
1: not not in the sense that you had no. yeah now i 'm also aware that um, we have some bias these days uh, we you know we 've got lebanese and, and all sorts of people here there is a an anti muslim faction and this yep. sort of thing going on as well so yeah we 've got some race problems in australia no yeah, in that yeah
0: yeah I, I I agree with you i think I think wealth covers a multitude of sins, so I think the fact that. Most people here have a fairly, you know, good standard of living. Covers up a lot of a yes. lot of issues. Yes. I mean, if we're all if we were all running around looking for our next feed, then there might be more more problems. Yeah. Um, I also think what I notice in my life is um, you meet someone and they might be African, you know, and they're really dark, and you're like, oh, you know, how am I going to get along with this guy because he, he may not speak very good English and culture will culture be different. And he'll come up to you and say, "Oh, good day, mate. How's it going?" And no. he just "And and you instantly forget about his colour. Yes, he, he's got an Australian accent. He's an Australian bloke. He wants to watch the footy, you know, and go to the pub and have a beer. Yeah. and it just dissolves. So, in my opinion, and I've observed this in my life, is that people are actually more culturalist yes. than racist. Yes, Look, just, which which I really I really love it when I have that experience because if an African guy you meet him and, and you, can, you can't communicate with him very well, you do feel a bit standoffish, you do, you know, it's a shame. But when, you yeah, know, so, so it's, it lessens with the generations, I think, you know, with the kid. Right. So the immigrants come over, they struggle, I think. Yes. Then their kids do pretty well and then the grandkids are, are just, you know, they're, just, they're all just basically like white Australians. That's right. Even though they have really dark skin. That's right. And I, I, think, that's a, I think that's great, yeah. I love that.
1: And question me, the language thing is important to me. Yep. If I can talk with them and understand them, then most of the other differences disappear. Yeah. But if I can't understand their language, yep. then all of a sudden, yes, I've got a go. But it's more
0: than just the language, because if a, if an African gets in and he speaks uh, very good English, but he has a thick Nigerian accent, I don't connect with him as well as I do to the guy that said, oh, g'day, mate, in an Aussie accent. Do you well, see what I mean? I'm, it's almost like I'm biased towards... Aussies, oh, yeah. Look... Uh, uh, and yes. that sort of skin colour yes. thing, but that's just, you
1: know, yes. that's human nature, I think. Yes. But, yeah, again, look, uh, we've got a lot of Indians around here who speak good English, but also...
0: With a sing-song of, uh, sort of accent. Well, that sort of thing, too. Yeah.
1: But, uh, you know, and if you're talking about the cricket, then we're all one to <laughs> Yeah, well, that's true.
0: Yeah, but, that's that's how I always connect with the Indians. Then, yes. I, I, I Or they, actually, they usually do it. Because they're... With... Cricket for Aussies is not necessarily our passion, but it is a, something we yes. all, all talk about and we know about. That's right. But the Indians are just oh, another level. Absolutely. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> okay. Um, is it possible for a privileged, privileged class to fully understand the trials faced by an underprivileged
1: class? Well, that's a deep and meaningful, and I would suggest the answer is probably not. In fact, I'd go further than that. I would be astonished, if it were.
0: Yeah. I agree. Um, I don't need to elaborate on that. I don't think, you know, like I, like I was joking before, but you and I pontificating about race and gender relations yeah. is, is, you know, all a bit silly. We're just doing our best. We are, yes. Um, and my last question, which we've probably answered in the course of the podcast, but is there a difference between sex and
1: gender? Oh, very clearly there is. Um... And yes, the uh, from Eve Seed to the whole LGBTIQ thing and and everything else, and you know Harari puts the case very well. There is clearly a difference between sex and gender. Yeah, um, I I would have said no to
0: that, um, you know a week ago. Right. Okay. Um, um. But now I'd say yes.
1: Yes. Look. I mean, it's now been discerned that biologically there are. You know, it's not all there's an X Y or you know, an XX chromosome. It is more complicated than that, too. Yeah. Um, so it's the old story that the devil is in the details and simple, nice, black and white answers, unfortunately, isn't entirely the way this, this world yeah. works.
0: But I want simple answers, Hutto, and that's what I expect from these unanswerable questions. H-
1: human beings have an innate desire to accept a simple lie in preference to a complex truth, <laughs> But unfortunately, the world is complex, and most of the time, the truth is.
0: And uh, that's why we're autodidacts, isn't it, Hutto? Because it's... we're trying to understand the world. And, and, and I say that lightheartedly, but it's actually true. The reason I'm an autodidact is because it makes my life better, because I understand the world I'm living in better, and it just, for some reason, it just makes me happier. The more I understand, I feel like the better I can, the better I can be.
1: Always good to see you happy, Matt. <laughs> me... May... It's simply my addiction. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I want to know what makes the world tick.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, All right, so that wraps it up for the day. uh, And uh, I'll I'll, uh, see you on the flip-flop, mate. I look forward to it. All right, cheers. Yay!